welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. I am your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, kind of here, uh, sitting across a, uh, across the digital space from Father Stephen Gautier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Oh, it's great to be back, Alex. Uh, Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Uh, today, Father Stephen, we are back, finally back, uh, after a, a many pan- pandemic-related hiccups. But um, we are back. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to uh, just first of all uh, apologize to everyone for not um, having episodes in a long while. It took us a, a bit longer than we thought to be able to adjust to the new conditions. Um, but uh, we're happy to say not only are we back now with a new episode, but also that we are going to be switching to weekly uh, from now on. Um, our, but with the combination of our Patreon supporters um, and uh, some new equipment that we were able to buy and also uh, our schedules freeing up a bit, um, we are excited to be able to come to you weekly, which has always been our vision for this show, and that is uh, what we're excited to do in the future. Um, so today, Father Stephen, uh, let's talk about liturgical colors. Uh, this is one of the okay. f- first things that will uh, impress someone going into a an Anglican or a Catholic service, uh, is that there's a lot of... Or an Orthodox service. Or an Orthodox service. Uh, there's a lot of great color matching um, going on, depending upon the time of year that you go in. Um, so, first of all, is this just a is this just kind of an aesthetic thing? Is it just you know we just kind of like to do that stuff, or is there some meaning behind this? Well, all of the colors are meant to basically set the, the theme. You know, the, all the colors have meanings behind them, and it's meant to set the theme for a season for a feast day. So it's sort of like, you know, on a TV show, you'll have a theme song that tells you, is this a tragedy? Is it a comedy? Is it, a, you know, a, uh, uh, an adventure? It'll tell you, you know, here's the basic theme to remember in this time. And that's so it plays a very practical purpose that way. It reminds us where we are. It's sort of like we put up a Christmas tree, you know, um, most of us do it during Advent. I know very purists say we should wait. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, basically we start doing those things. It sort of says, oh, we're in that season. You know, that, you know in, in secular example, you know, people start decorating their houses, you know, the week, month before Christmas. It's sort of the idea, is, in a secular way, it's a way of reminding us, hey, this is a special time. Yeah, yeah. Every time we go out, we just see this, we're, we see the lights, and we know right away, hey, it's, that, it's the holidays. Yeah. As they'd say yeah. now in the secular way, it's the holidays. And so this is the church way of saying, hey, what is it exactly? You know, what's our basic theme right now? Right. Well, we'll go into those themes, but yeah, the first thing I'll say is that it is it is a very festive thing, you know, when you're in a liturgical church, especially being able to, you know, make banners and and change them out year to year. It really marks it it marks time. Um, so let's start with with white. Uh, wh- when is white used, and 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 what's its meaning? Well, one thing that's interesting is white is the equivalent of gold. Gold and white are the same thing. We talk about the color white, that includes gold. So people, you can really... The same thing from uh, heraldry, for example, you know, that uh, that's, that white is the, uh, you know, white there is the equivalent of silver. And so the idea is you could either gold or white is joy, celebration. Ah, uh, yeah. 
So that's the, so it's a pretty obvious one there, I guess. Unless you live in in the Far East, I've always heard the story is that they use black for uh, for celebration, uh, white for mourning. I don't know if that's true, but I always heard that. But for us, <laughs> it definitely means white and gold. Basically, mean this is where joy is the whole the the, the whole notion here. Okay, so it's so gold. It's our best color. So gold is kind of interchangeable with white. Yeah, and so that that's not yellow, right? It's 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 gold. No, gold. Okay, okay. Yellow is reserved for kitchens. Okay, so, I, <laughs> so I don't know. Now that the, the Archbishop of Canterbury is celebrating in his kitchen, perhaps he's using hey. investments. I don't know. <laughs> so when do, when, when do we see white? Well, there are three different types of uses. One, we could talk about seasonal use. White is one of the seasonal colors. And so we use it through the Christmas season. Start at the you know, beginning with the church year. So start from actual Christmas itself all the way past Epiphany to the baptism of our Lord. The baptism of our Lord remembers the Sunday after Epiphany. Remember, originally Epiphany was the baptism of the Lord. And in the West, the, the wise men sort of took it over. Right. And it was so important not to lose the, that feast that we actually moved it back a Sunday. So that entire season through from Christmas Day, you know, from Christmas Eve, all the way through the baptism of our Lord, the Sunday after Epiphany is white. It means we're, this is the Christmas season. And so we're celebrating. Now, there are two exceptions in that season, though. Oh, yeah? We have a tradition of three great days that happen right after Christmas. St. Stephen's Day. Uh, then we have St. John the Evangelist and Holy Innocence. Now, St. Stephen is a martyr, and that's really uh, a claim to fame. And so in that case, uh, traditionally, you could use white, but traditionally in the church, most people use red for St. Stephen's Day. Uh. So it's, Yeah. Uh, so some Anglicans just use white throughout the week, uh, but actually the Roman color, and what's true of m- many Anglicans, is a martyr is is more you know would take it with red. And Holy Innocents, of course, are martyrs on December twenty eighth. Now notice something, you know, we tend to say, well, gee, the apostles are red, and it's sort of true in the sense that most of them, almost all of them, were martyrs. But in church tradition, John the Evangelist was not a martyr. They tried to martyr him unsuccessfully. That's right, and so he. Yeah, right, and boiling him in oil, and that didn't work. And so what happens here is he has white. So you basically go uh, Christmas, everything in Christmas is white except on St. Stephen's Day it's red. It's the 26th. Mm-hmm. The 27th is white for John the Evangelist, and then you're red again for Holy Innocence, and then you're back to white until all the way through the, um, the baptism of our Lord. Right, right. And and the Holy Innocence, those are the, those are the, the children uh, that Herod killed, right? That's the... Right, the, the ones who were considered the first martyrs in a sense of, you know, they were proto-martyrs for, um, they gave their lives, you know, uh, because of their connection with Christ. Got it. So we, we go back to red for, for those days. Then we, we also, we, we're in white uh, right now, right, for the Easter season. That's right. From Easter, we have all the way up to Pentecost is white. You know, that's the color of great, what greater season than Easter? Easter is our supreme celebratory season of the church. It's the greatest feast of the church here. But notice, Pentecost is the last day of the Easter season. But we have a special color. We'll talk about that with red is the color of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, okay. So we have sort of a conflict. It's the last day of the Easter season, but this is the quintessential day for gifts of the Holy Spirit. So red wins. So maybe the... So Pentecost is always red. So maybe the broader rule is um, a season will have a dominant color with some exceptions sometimes in there. Right. <laughs> based, mm-hmm. on the, based on the Sunday. Um, well, that kind of makes sense right that you we've talked before about christmas and easter being the two poles of the christian year 
Uh, so it makes mm-hmm. sense that they would share color. Great. Well, any other any other white any other white days? Well, yeah, we have first of all feast days, uh, like the feast of the Lord. You know, things like the presentation of our Lord. You know, any any feast, uh, Saint Day is a feast. Any feast can be white, theoretically, especially in Anglicanism. Any feast could be white, even a martyr. But the idea, so any Saint's Day or feast of the Lord, the ones that we have on our calendar at the beginning of our Book of Common Prayer, any of those can be white. Although it's an older tradition, and many Anglicans follow of using red for for martyrs' days. I see, I see. And also we have some occasional use for that, is funerals. Even in the middle of a penitential season, in the middle of Lent, if you have a funeral, the color is white. Mm-hmm. The promise of the resurrection, the whole theme of funerals in modern decades, the most re- in the last 50 years, 50, 60 years, has been uh, the, resur- the promise of the resurrection. And so it's always white no matter the season. And it's also one of the choices for ordination. You see, the traditionally, it always used to be white. It's only in the late 20th century that said, well, you know, this really is one of the gifts for the church ordination. And they gave the option of using red rather than white. But white is the more traditional color. And one other thing is some people, it's required by Roman Catholics, they actually celebrate Holy Thursday in the Triduum as the institution of the Eucharist. And so because of that, they actually use white. Oh, interesting. So that's actually... That's that's not typical of Anglicans. Most of us use red on Holy Thursday, but so you won't be surprised. Some people do use white on Holy Thursday because it's such a celebratory uh, thing. Okay, I see. So so funerals, um, uh, occasional use at, at other. You, what about weddings? Uh, is it's it's used at weddings, right? Yes, yes, yes. Weddings, of course. Yes. Yeah, great. Okay, so that's so that so that's white, um, and it's mm-hmm. and the, the meaning is is joy, right? And the joy, the promise, right. great. Um, how about so? How about there's a, a a lot of days of the year that we also use purple, um, right? Is that so? That's at Advent and Lent, correct? Uh, right. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. Oh, okay. Um, people, one thing I was not an oversight is notice with baptisms. I didn't say white for baptism. Yeah. Why not? Because baptism is ideally should be done during the service on Sunday, and especially one of the special Sundays. And the idea is it always takes the color of whatever you're celebrating. So in if you were to have a baptism, which we normally don't do in Lent, uh, it would be purple. Okay, I and see. Baptism, you know, baptism always takes the color of the day. Now, since the great baptismal Sundays, three of them are white, but one of them is red. Pentecost is red. Okay, yeah. So, you know, red beats it. I see. <laughs> I see. It always it always takes the color of the day. Okay. Okay. We're talking about purple. Uh, well, actually, we like to say violet. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is it really is purple. You're right. And its meaning is either penitential or semi penitential. Okay. And you might say, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, penitential means we're really talking about um, repentance. Whereas semi-penitential means, for example, Advent is not primarily about repenting for our sins. It's actually looking forward to the judgment, you know, to Christ's second coming. So it's not quite the same feeling. It's not looking backward to our sins, but it's preparation for the judgment. It's looking different directions. I see. So Advent is a semi-penitential season, and Lent is a penitential season. And those are the days that we use violet or purple. I'd heard something about 
it also having to do with with a, a royal color is that any kind of like for a king with advent is that a real thing uh, uh probably not i mean <laughs> okay. what really the, the real history of advent is this is originally advent wasn't penitential at all that was sort of an irish uh, coming into it it's a false analogy people say well we have this preparation for lent which lent is older Mm-hmm. We have this preparation for Lent, and that's very, very penitential. Well, Christmas is the other great feast, so I guess we do the same thing. I see. And so the idea is, but actually, Advent was never meant to be, it was meant to be primarily a time of hope, saying we're preparing for, Christ is coming back again. Uh, but it's still, we have to prepare for it, so it's it's not the same feeling. It's Lent is a much, is really penitential. That's why we don't talk about a deep fast or something. Sure. Right? We used to have a fast, but Lent is all about fasting and giving up things. We don't do that in Advent. It's uh, not the custom. So Advent's um, looking forward to the coming judgment, which is which is not, not entirely a, a, a happy thing, <laughs> right? I mean, the, it is judgment. It's something to fear um, as, as, as well as look forward to, right? Um, so maybe th- right. there's a kind of... Uh, there's a kind of... Uh, of uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to say? A, a well, the one is changing away. One means turning away. Mm-hmm. Penitence means basically I'm turning away from the past. Where here I'm preparing for the future. Yeah. Now, preparing for the future means I need to be awake. I have to take this seriously. I have to make changes in my life. Right. So we all have changes, but one is changes for things we've already done wrong. Right. I see. The other is I got to be careful. So it's it's less penitential. So kind of a sober hopefulness. Yeah. Perfect. That's the yeah. word. Sober. <laughs> That's what I was trying to look for. Great. So, so, um, okay. So we've got it in, in Advent and Lent, nevertheless. Uh, but is, is there, are there any other times where we just jump to purple? It's a violet for some reason. Well, there's a, there's a difference in usage. So let me tell you, because they're, they're both right. I mean, these are matters of customs is traditionally, uh, we as Anglicans tend to use red as the color throughout Holy Week. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes we just go to straight black in the sense we're just wearing cassocks or something on Good Friday. But we tend to go red straight through Holy Week. However, some Anglicans who are more Roman inclined, uh, the Roman practice is you use red only for, they use it on Good Friday and uh, Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of the time in Holy Week is purple. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday are purple. I see. And everything else. So again, they use purple, but again, most Anglicans use red as the Holy Week color. Right. Well, let's, uh, throughout the week. Well, let's talk about red. Um, so, so yeah. So tell me about red. I'll, I'll say this. So when I it came time for me to buy my vestments as a priest, I, I noticed that red is the one. It, it felt bad to to spend too much money on because we we don't use it terribly often. At, at least not not at the same as as green and violet and and white. So, um, but I, I always kind of feel very happy when I get to bust out my, my red vestments. Um, and they look so good. They, right? <laughs> I think red's, red's the best looking color for vestments. I it was in the Holy Land. I remember I went to a place I was, I was getting a chasuble and it stole. Yeah. And I had these different colors and the red was fabulous. But I said, I never get to wear it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It really pops. <laughs> so I ended up getting the green because it, uh, yeah, it really pops. Yeah. <laughs> a, a liturgical term. <laughs> so... So you you said something before about the meaning, and the meaning is the it's the the meaning is the Holy Spirit. Well, there are two. No, no, it isn't actually. There are two different meanings for red. Actually, we used to have two different reds. Real purists say there's a di- there are two different reds. One's a darker, one's a lighter, and they're not interchangeable for real purists. 
none of us do that now we just move our reds around okay but i want you to know if you run into these people you'll find some churches are very fussy about this okay i'll be waiting. and so the okay one is the the uh there's there's one that we use basically for holy week and and for, uh you know and for martyrs and things uh you know we, we separate the first of all red can mean gifts of the holy spirit Okay. That's why we use it on Pentecost Sunday. So it's not that's why we can use it for an ordination. That's why we could use it for confirmation. So it's not Holy Spirit by itself. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's a big difference. Yes, it's a gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's also the color of the martyrs. And remember, we describe Jesus as a martyr. He's described in you know uh, for the witness. He remember witness is the Greek word for Greek is martyr. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ talked about the witness he gave. So Christ's witness is Holy Week. So that's why red is the Holy Week color. It sort of ties it. That's Christ's witness. Uh huh. So martyr doesn't mean we're sad. It means that no, somebody is faithfully witnessed yeah. to the death. Yeah. And so we use it for martyrs, and we use it for Holy Week on that basis. But we use it for Pentecost, and we use it for confirmations, and sometimes for ordinations because it symbolizes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I see. Now, does the one thing on these. Stephen, is the color come first or does it refer to something? So like is red, like for martyrs, does it have to do with blood or is it? It had, it came, it had to do with blood, I see. right? I and see. also it had to do with red for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the flames of fire that fell down. Okay, okay, got it. And when we talk about white joy, remember when our Lord is transfigured, he says he was whiter, you know, his clothes were whiter than the uh, finest fuller on the earth could make them. Okay, okay, that makes so sense. So we have that idea that we have and we talk about the saints being clothed in white in glory. Uh-huh. You know, the, the, you know, the martyrs, you know, they'll, they'll give them the white robe. So white is the biblical color of joy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, red, we have those two, the things of fire for the Holy Spirit and blood for martyrdom. I see. I see. Great. By the way, the, the reason w- bishops wear uh, purple, uh, their special uh, or a violet color, was actually came from the meaning of blood because there are two ways. Uh, one way is they, they actually wasn't purple. It was supposed to be crimson. Hmm. And crimson is what poured out blood looks like. So the reason bishops wear that color was meant to be crimson. And crimson is the color as he's ready to, to give his blood, you know, to lay, as a shepherd to lay down his, his life for the sheep. I see. I see. So it's a it's a particular red. That... Yeah, it was a very, very dark. Well, purple, you know, you're getting it. Uh, that it's a very, was meant to be a very profound red. I see. Gets that idea across. That was with bishops. I'm talking with bishops. Right. Right. There was right. a day when these were all were slightly different. You could now they're all just mixed and we just have violet purple. But there was a day I'm old enough to remember a day when people were really fussy. Yeah. <laughs> the, a, the the bishop's purple wouldn't look like regular purple. I see. I see. It's a much more crimson look. Yeah. So we do red on Holy Week. You said earlier we do it on Pentecost Sunday. Um, yeah. Which is technically part of the Easter season, but it's a, a switch to red. Yes. For the gifts. That's because that's when the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, were it yes. came down. Right. Um, right. So then martyrs... We received the Holy Spirit himself on the night of Easter. Jesus had received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He breathed on. But we received the gifts, that special the gifts come down on Pentecost. Well, see, so that reminds me a bit of confirmation. So do we we use red on confirmations? Yes. Red confirmation is the color for confirmation. So my rector and I actually, when it came time for me to be ordained, we got in a uh, an argument, a friendly argument, but uh, over which color we were going to use. I wanted white and he wanted red. Um, so uh, which one of us was right about that, Stephen? The older color is, and notice that the older color for ordinations is white. And I must admit, I was ordained in red, both as a deacon and as a priest. 
uh, because they're both wonderful colors that way. But or I'm sort of an old fashioned that way is, uh, you know, the the idea of dedication, setting apart, you know, that uh-huh. kind of thing. Uh, I like white, uh, but I like them both. They both are, are profound. But the older one, the red for ordinations is a is a late 20th century um, idea. Very good one. But it's you know, I, I tend to go with older when I have a choice. OK. Well, mine had to do with just that my white chasuble looked better than my red ones. <laughs> okay. Um, I like to think that you... Uh, okay, I'll take that. I didn't have a, a, a really deep meaning behind that, but <laughs> that's about it. Well, I was ordained in red, so I have a... I, I have a, Actually, with all the red ordinations I like, I have a, the stole I was ordained in, I always wear to ordinations. Got it, got it. Yeah, well, that. so the, the idea, though, is that you have the option. So more recent yeah. is red and older is white, but there's the option there. And no option for um, confirmation. Confirmation's always red. Always red. Got it. Oh yeah, that that I that we that was one of the factors. We actually had combination ordination and uh, and uh, confirmation, so it was going to be red. But then the confirmations got put off, so it, we we had the option. Mm-hmm. Well, let's turn to green. That's the one that uh, probably I remember seeing more often than the other two. Uh, so the and the green is for ordinary time, right? Well, we don't use that term as such as Anglicans. I mean, it's it, it's a good description of uh, the time. We have the seasonal calendar going from Advent until we finish Easter season. Mm-hmm. And then we have this big point in between until we come to Advent again. And what that is, think about it. We have, first of all, the Father revealed. The first age, we have the age of the Father. He's revealing himself in the scriptures, mm-hmm. you know, in the Old Testament. We have Christ. And then, of course, Christ leads and gives us the Holy Spirit. It's the age of the Holy Spirit. Well, the traditional color of the Holy Spirit is not red. It's green. Okay. By the way, you could see this if you go to an Eastern Orthodox church. You'd see Rus- Russian, Greek. Uh, they always That's what they have on, on Pentecost Sunday. It's the supreme gift feast of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, remember, in the Creed is described as the Lord and giver of life. Mm. And if you look at the famous icon of the Rublev Trinity... Yeah, three men, right? You know, notice that the Christ is in the middle. You can always tell that because he has blue over red, meaning divinity over humanity. Red, the color your flesh color. You know, okay. We have the Father who's on his right hand, uh, who's typically uh, different colors, white or gold and things. And then we have the Holy Spirit's covered in, you know, is green, uh, and he's sort of looking out into the world. So it represents that you know, once Christ has gone back, we're now in the time of the Holy Spirit, right? The time, the, the age of the Church, the age of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we wear green during this season, to remind us that this is the age of the Holy Spirit. Um, we use it all the way from the Monday. Um, first of all, we normally use it basically after uh, the Monday after Pentecost, all the way through um, Advent, uh, this fr- Saturday prior to Advent. Got it. And then we have, um, but we have another problem. We have a break where there's nothing going on because once we finish the baptism of our Lord, remember the Sunday after Epiphany, mm-hmm. and until we start Lent, Nothing's going on, so we just use this neutrally. So we use green then. Okay. You have the option of using white, which would be extraordinarily recent. But that sort of wrecks the meaning of white. You know, if you start to have white going on forever, you know, right. and, and going directly from white into purple. So I, I preferred the older usage of saying, hey, once we're, let's end the Christmas season and have a break before we get to land. I see. So we don't sort of d- debase the currency. So the green color mean it it has to do with life right like green like like plants the holy spirit who's the lord and giver yeah that's where we get why green is associated with life i see i see how do you know a tree is living you see green leaves on it yeah how do you know things like in in the holy land 
is you know normally the Galilean things look pretty dry as but in spring when everything comes out all this green it's amazing right you know, it's you know the green is the symbol of life and so the Holy Spirit's called the Lord and giver of life in the Creed so that's why they chose that is the color of not his gifts but of the Holy Spirit himself is green and he's the one we associate with the church, right? Jesus said, I'm going to send the spirit, you know, and that's the, you know, the spirit in the church. So it's recognizing the season of the church. I see. So it's not just that we have nothing better to use. It's basically saying this is the color of saying, you know, what do we do now that the Lord has ascended into heaven as such? We're now living in the age of the church, the age of the Holy Spirit. So green is a little bit the color of the present, right? It's... Yes, mm-hmm. the present time. So maybe, yeah, maybe maybe ordinary time is better. Present time, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what ordinary time means, just so people understand, why Romans we tend to talk about time. Uh, we talk about the Sundays after Pentecost or the Sundays after Trinity. Is traditionally how we as Anglicans describe that time. Ordinary time is technically a Catholic term, a Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. But the reason they use that is this: the stuff you do every Sunday is called the ordinary in your liturgy, and the things that never change. They're always the same. Yeah. Whereas when you when you move it up, like here's a special prayer we use on this Sunday, that's called proper. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means this is something we just use now, like for this season, we use this color down. So basically what we're saying, ordinary time means we just, we go back into our default. There is yeah. nothing special going on now, so we go, that means, the ordinary means default. Sure, <laughs> This sure. is our default setting. Sure, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, our default setting your house, ordinary time when you don't have the house decorated for Christmas or you don't have it decorated for Halloween. You know, yeah. The non-decorated house, just your plain house without the decorations is ordinary. And outside of the ordinary, extraordinary is the seasons. Lent, Advent, Easter, Christmas, etc. Sure. So green is our There's baseline. something more than the... Green is the baseline. Got it. But what a beautiful baseline. It's the color of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And it reminds us it's the time of the church. Well, is, are there any color, any other colors beyond these four that you'll see used? Oh, yes, yes. There are four I'd like to mention. One is, being an old guy, I remember this. I actually sort of miss it, um, although I think they did the right thing, is black. Huh. The most stunning vestments were black. They were really something. <laughs> and they used to be used for funerals, of course. But with the liturgical reforms in the middle of the 20th century, is especially for us as Anglicans, we aren't dealing with the question of purgatory, these kind of things, you know, people suffering until they, you know, that, that was one of the themes of black, of death. It wasn't just people who lost people, but most regular Christians, you know, in, in medieval Christianity and things were thought to be spending all this time in a junior varsity hell. You know, the, <laughs> you know because I mean by this is basically purgatory wasn't a place of purgation. Like Augustine might talk about, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about a place that was different from hell only essentially in the fact that it ended. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't a life sentence. And uh, so, you know, very often this is to remind people, hey, we've got to get on to this. You know, we have to, you know, do all those good things and pray for them, et cetera. And so there was that sense of, for us, there is no dark sense to death. Right. And even the Roman Church said it's, it's all about resurrection, the promise, and it's renewing our baptism. Uh, you know, that, you know, it's, it's going back to the white is the, our promise of resurrection. So we all, you know, so that's why we use white at funerals. But we used to use, but black used to be great. Black was also good on Great Good Friday. But these black res, uh, black and gold vestments were amazing. They really were hmm. very striking. Hmm. Hmm. I sort of miss them, but it's good liturgy now, too. I mean, we, there's nothing black about death. Death is a beginning, not an end. That's what we believe in. Yeah. So uh, I, with, I imagine so, those those black cassocks that you see, that's that's not really for, that, that that's not really supposed to be a color specifically oh that has not it's not a liturgical color 
the theory of black cassocks was that um, a sign of humility that you didn't decorate yourself. And so it's meant to be the non-color. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason uh, priests of religion would, would typically wear black was a sign of it's like like the Amish wear black and things. And, you know, they don't want to be separate. You know, they don't want to seem proud. They want to look like everybody else. So this is the this is like wearing Old Navy in the ancient world. <laughs> Yeah, I see. <laughs> it meant the simplest clothes that would fit on your back, the cheapest clothes that would fit on your back. Got it. So that was the theory of black was that we're not fancy people. Okay. So to, I'm making fun of you. The old fashioned term, fancy people. <laughs> okay, another thing is we used to have two Sundays that were a color called rose. Mm. Uh, regular English speakers would say pink, but most guys <laughs> were hated to say, you know, as a priest, when you wear this stuff, I'm not wearing pink, I'm wearing rose. Yes, that's like much more uh, manly, rose. Well, not to the, not to the French. I get it. <laughs> rose simply is the French word for pink. But in any event, <laughs> but the, it was used for just two Sundays. It was a shame to have a set of vestments for this. Uh, but basically, the idea was in these sem- penitential or semi-penitential seasons, you have to sort of get a little lay off a little to give yourself in the middle. Mm-hmm. So the third Sunday of Advent and the fourth Sunday of Lent, one was in Advent was called Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday, because the Psalm said that that Sunday. And Laetare means be glad. That was that was the fourth Sunday of Advent where the Psalms began with those words. Oh, that's right. So that's and why so, that's why you have uh, in Advent wreaths or Advent candles, one of them is pink. Right, exactly. To show you it's tried to make, even in the midst of our waiting, there's a sense of this is not, we don't mourn like others. Got it. You know, like Got we said, Paul said, we don't grieve like others who have no hope. So it was meant to be that a little lightening up in the middle of a season like that, a little mini party before the real thing. And so you'd, you'll still see people have these, but it's a lot big expense for two Sundays, and it's hard to get a guy who will wear them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another color another color we have is blue, and there's two things. From a Roman Catholic thing, you see blue a lot because they use it for Feasts of Mary, and there are plenty of Feasts of Mary on the Roman Catholic calendar. Mm-hmm. For us, uh, there's no other tradition in the West of using blue. Now, what had happened in the 19th century and dark blue is such a stunning color, and a lot of people hated not using it, is it part of the, the Anglo-Catholic revival. They, they wanted to find things that were Catholic in our history, but they wanted to do things that would separate us from Rome. So they came up with something that's very scholarly disputed, that in Sarum usage, it means Salisbury. This is sort of the standard, you know, what's best usage in England mm-hmm. for church stuff. And so they tried to make an argument which most scholars have not received that this was once used as a regular liturgical color in Salisbury in England. Okay. Again, it's, it's, it's debatable. And so that's why you'll find some people use this just for Advent would try to have this dark blue to dis- Now I love the idea of trying to distinguish Advent from Lent. Sure. Yeah. That makes because sense. Advent it is. So it makes it clearer that Advent has a different feel than Lent has. Hmm. So that's admirable. But historically, I must admit, it's, uh, you know, you don't find this is no, uh, this is really an invention, uh, you know, an attempt to, to go draw on our history to find something. So the, the theology is really good. Uh, it is certainly, some churches use it, but it's certainly very much minority usage. I see. So this is a particularly um, English thing or, or local local kind of tradition. Yeah, it was meant to be English because a lot of people accuse the Anglo Catholics of being way too Catholic. You all you you want to be Roman Catholics, so they wanted to find Catholic things in our Catholic past that were somehow unique to distinctive, England. Distinctive, you know, I see. Distinctive, yes, right. Yeah. There's another color I should mention. I hate to mention this is a complete brand new invention that I hate. Oh no! <laughs> let, let there be any doubt. 
it's brownish orange, and it was come up with uh, people because they wanted to sort of celebrate the earth, and so they wanted to make basically the fall pre-advent into sort of an earth type. Okay, so... <laughs> I cannot make this up. Kind of an ochre, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of an ochre, and so um, if you've bought those beautiful, expensive vestments, I suggest you give them to somebody who could use them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, you get hot takes here on Word and Table. Well, uh, in liturgy, I've got to tell you, I, I we celebrate the Lord of creation, not creation. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Great. Well, thanks, Father Stephen. I think that about wraps up liturgical colors for us. It's really great to be back with you. Good to be back with you. And I'm looking forward to our going back to our original once a week um, setup. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to Word and Table. We will be back again next week for more on liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening. <laughs>